You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Artist Q&A. This is obviously one of our more popular activities here on Shiprocked, and we're, we're honored to have you guys here. And, and uh, what this is, you guys, it's pretty standard form here, is we're going to bring our artists up, and um, we'll ask them a couple of questions ourselves. And uh, we're, then we're going to turn it over to you guys to ask some questions. Uh, this is about life on the road, music, touring, um, you know, the band's thoughts, the artist's thoughts about making music. Uh, please, when you ask a question, nothing personal. Let's just keep it about uh, music and uh, and what these guys do to entertain us. So, listen, without further ado, we're going to bring our, our our artists up here, if that's cool with you guys. Oh. Was that was that my was that my, my cymbal crash right there? That's 100 years of good All luck, right. right? All right. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, uh, without further ado, please, uh, from Parkway Drive, Winston McCall. Please welcome from Suicidal Tennessee's Mike Muir. From Motionless and White, Chris Motionless. Let's bring up Noah Sebastian from Bad Omens. Let's bring up our friend, Hiro the Hero. Let's bring up my favorite to call up to stage, (laughs) Emily from Dead Sarah. Armstrong, Emily Armstrong. She made it. You're the best. Finally, let's bring up Leo Morticelli. Let's bring up the lights as... Definitely not bright enough up here. <laughs> oh, my God. What's the temp on that? Okay. okay. All right, guys. Well, listen, I think the best way to kind of get the ball rolling is that uh, I've got a question for you guys. What, uh, what's your pre-throw ritual? Give us Actually, one. can we get everybody's answer on that? Maybe yeah. we'll start with Emily. This is for everyone. Down. Hi. Hi. This. Pre-show ritual, waking up. <laughs> <laughs> It's art. <laughs> it's an art form, dude. Warm ups. I had to say, um, squad, what up, y'all? Pre show ritual for me is always at least a little shot of Jack Daniels just to calm the nerves. I think a lot of y'all seen that happen already before I got on stage, but yeah, that's my pre show. Always it goes like that. It's pre QA ritual, too. <laughs> How about you, Mike? I take a panic piss. <laughs> Y'all know the worst thing is when you got to go to the bathroom, man. You can't do nothing. So you do it, you go to the bathroom, and you're like, oh, we're about to play. I better go to the bathroom. And they go, didn't you just go? Panic piss. 
That's why we started late today, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which box am I stealing? Oh, oh you're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm already fucking up. Yeah. No, you do <laughs> You know, the weird thing is that I was going to say nervous shit, so. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing. The evacuation before the gig's a real thing. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I'm taking the mic back. <laughs> No, it's, it's that time thing when it's like not the right time and you need to go, but you're just going on and you need 15 more minutes and you're like, do I push? Do I, you know, premature labor? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it, you think it's funny. This is life, man. It hurts. This is true. The struggle is real, brother. I think more importantly, we figured out that we now know what the Parkway suicidal collab is going to be. It's going to be a oh, yeah. reversible shirt. One yeah. side says panic piss, the other one says nervous <laughs> shit. <laughs> Everybody here would buy. Yeah. Woo! And Chris is getting 10%. That's like a cool Sp- sponsored by Chanel number two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do I do? I do the uh, full Corey. That? What's that? How are you going to top that, dude? I'm yeah. not. You know what's funny? I said that last they time. stole the show already. You got yeah. some vomit? That? You need vomit. That's the only no. thing that's going to top yeah, that. No. <laughs> uh, I do the uh, full choreography from the Thriller music video, naturally. <laughs> I mean, we've got a stage. If you... <laughs> yeah, do you mind showing us really yeah. quick? Yeah. Seven minutes. No one wants to see that. <laughs> That's why I do it alone. Oh, they do. <laughs> uh, if there's a mirror, I just kind of look at myself in the mirror and just make sure my hair looks good. You know, we got to... <laughs> it's a very delicate process, getting that one that falls perfectly on purpose, you know? Yeah. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> what about you, man? I just, listening to, like, cheesy 80s pop songs. Like what? Get me going. What kind? Give give us give us a little a, a little taste of what. Uh, it's not even cheesy. I like it. Like Huey Lewis. Like, yeah. Well, we need to introduce you to some Bangabus. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question. We can start with Leo and go back down. Um, so, you're all from different walks of life, but somehow we've uh, gotten on the ship together as fans, as musicians. Uh, what led you? I should say. Let me rephrase that. What was the first thing that you can remember that led you to making the choice to essentially put yourself in the position that you're in today to be a musician? Oh, that, that is quite a question. I know the moment when, when I wanted to play music, I had a friend who pulled a guitar from under his bed, and I saw the guitar, and I was like, that's the moment where I wanted to play music. For me, like... I'm sitting here with rock stars. I'm a, like a YouTuber. That's a fucking weird thing. But it got me here. So I'm excited. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just bypassed the whole fucking system, I feel. I don't have any like manager, nothing. I'm just fucking doing everything on my own and just makes a lot of money off it. I do. Like, I'm sitting at home fucking reaching New Zealand as fast as my neighbor in Norway. So it is fucked up, but uh, it's cool. Uh, I vividly remember the first time I heard David Draymond go, oh, wow. Uh, uh, and I, 
And I said, I want to do shit like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, that was nuts. I'm trying to do some more shit like that as an adult. Uh, let's move it on. What about Can I you? switch seats? Because I have to go after <laughs> either one of these. How am I supposed to top either one of these? That's the best answer. Uh... I think it's probably the first time I saw the uh, choreography from the Thriller music video, naturally. <laughs> you, you may want to talk to Leo about that. He'll show you the moves. Uh, oh, God, how do I even start this one? Um, so I got into music from like punk rock and stuff like that because it was the first time where there was music made by people that weren't standing on a stage with a big barrier in front and a bunch of lights that looked like gods and it was just made by like people that looked like my friends um and that was that kind of got me into everything uh, and the moment that we actually had to do this thing as a band uh came when we had to leave australia for the first time because it was either go overseas and actually try and have a career as a musician or just like live in the town in australia that had the highest unemployment rate in the country go nowhere flip a burger for the rest of your life, work in a pizza shop, and that's kind of it. And we are, we just chose to like try and do this because it's what connected with us. And uh, that's kind of that's been it, to be honest. It's still kind of doing the exact same thing, but somehow we're on a cruise ship now, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my dad told me a lot of good things. I didn't always like what he told me, but um, it was usually the truth. And usually when people tell the truth, you don't like it. But um, he said, never do something you don't like. And I saw as my, uh, a lot of my friends as they were getting older, they're playing instruments and doing things and listening to the radio. And I didn't like it. And they would talk about things and how it, oh, this is so great, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's so great, it's so great, yeah. And it was like this mutual confirmation, which is if we go in the future, we kind of have this tangent of it now with everything else in society. but. I didn't get it, didn't like it. They go to a, the concert, have their shirt come back. Dude, it was so good. I was so wasted. I don't, I don't remember nothing, but it was amazing. And I would be like, you lost me somewhere. You know what I mean? And they say you had to be there. And so I went to a show, the first show I went with my, asking my sisters, and I was bored out of my mind. Everybody's smoking. They're doing this. This is so great. I'm like, fucking bored. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any of those things. And then my brother took me to a punk rock show. And it was all different. And I said, this is fucking what it's about. When's the next show? And I went the next week, and it was the worst fucking show I'd ever been to. <laughs> and I realized something. It's not the title. It's not the description. It's not the adjective. It's how they try to sell things to sound good. It's the feeling. And there's certain things when you believe it, when it fills it, when it moves you. And my dad said, there's two ways to move you. It's physically and mentally. But when you're moved mentally, that's a whole different thing. And like I said, you can have the radio and say, baby, baby, baby. I don't know who the fuck baby is. I don't want to meet baby. Baby gives me a motherfucking headache. But then there's the shit when people say something and it hits you a little too much. And then you're like, whoa, fuck. How did they get the fuck out of here, man? They talking to me? And, and that's what it is. And so I realized what, what I liked, no one else liked. And I didn't really care. And when my dad said the best way to be fucking miserable is try to do things other people like. Because when you kiss ass, you acquire taste for shit, and you're never going to be happy that way. And that's why I don't give a fuck. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a real good story. Man. Uh, me, nah, I got into rock because, um, you know, I, like, mine's different because I started in rap. So I was rapping and doing all of that. And then a girl um, in high school broke up with me. And I was like, damn, I want to scream at her ass. <laughs> so, I, like, when she broke up with me, I was like, damn, you know. And so I was listening to, like, I, I'm just, I just decided to change the station. It was Puddle of Mud, She Hate Me. And then I was like, this, I feel this song. Like he said, you hear something that you connect with and you feel it. So I was feeling Puddle of Mud, She Hate Me. And I... <laughs> And I turned it into a rap song. And I was like, I'm going to scream at her ass on this song. And so from that point, I was like, yeah, I'm on to something. So I created like a little mixtape, just sampling rock and roll. And I did like Fuel and all these other things. And it led me to other bands like Suicidal Tendencies and all kinds of things. Yeah. I'm not taking the mic, but you mentioned Puddle Mud, She Hates Me. Yeah. It's actually, I saw your mommy. The music's exactly the same if you yeah, listen to it. That's no, it's like, that, that is so fucking awesome. I wanted to tell you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I love the both riffs, so it came out fucking awesome. And so when that happened, it just led me down a direction of rock and roll, like, and I got to see, like, you know, brothers doing it, like, Living Color, Fishbone, and all those kind of things. Bad Brains. And I was just like, oh, man. Then I just, you know, it just took me into a whole nother world, and I started respecting and loving the music. Went on warp Tour and all these kind of things like that that I could dream about. And now I'm on a boat cruise. And, yeah, music can take you places. It's so awesome. So, yeah, so that's how I got started. And Gucci glasses. Yeah. And I got some, some Gucci, Gucci glasses. glasses. I'm going to make it rain like Leo. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Okay, wow. Well, mine is boring. Um, I mean, just like picking up a guitar for the first time, you know, and it it, it only had three strings. Um, but it was one of those things, like a fad that everybody was into, you know, at school. It's like, oh, there's this thing called a guitar, and everybody's into it. But I was like, holy shit, no, this is, this is amazing. And I was like, I'm going to be the best guitar player ever. That was like what I set out to, and then now I'm a singer, you know, I'm on a cruise <laughs> singing cover songs. So things kind of changed, but it's funny you said like you, you, were, you, 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 you wanted to yell at your ex-girlfriend. I kind of, there was a, 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 a memory that just came to mind and I was yelling at a teacher yeah. and I was like, oh my fucking God, I, something changed with my voice. I'm not even kidding. It's and I'm just remembering this. Let out. Dude, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. And I went to go practice and it wouldn't come out. It wouldn't come out the same way, but I fucking tried over and over. I was like, there's something in here. And that's when I knew I was like, there's something I could scream and sing. And I literally, because I was yelling at a fucking DJ, I'm just remembering that now. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> that was so awesome. And to kind of follow up with that, what was. This is for everyone. What was A, the best piece of advice, and then B, the worst piece of advice you got when you were starting out? Ugh. Leo, we can start with you on that one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh-oh. Best and worst? Best and worst. I think, like, I, I learned... I can't really think... I, I learned by myself that you don't have to care what anyone says, says to you. You have to fucking do it. Like, whatever. If people want to bring you down or whatever they say, if you have, like, a passion inside you, you can fucking go for it. 
and I've gone for it like several times. I started a studio at home. I started making a living out of the studio because I went 100% in like mentally. And then the whole YouTube thing also happened because I concentrated on it. So no one ta taught me that. And they, they don't really teach you that in, in school, in Norway anyways. Like you have to fucking be mentally go all in on that shit. Also, there's probably some talent going on also and hard work at least. But yeah, that that is my advice anyway. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I think um, I'm going to just kind of dodge the question because I, I can't think of anything in particular. <laughs> but um, <laughs> All right, so anyway, yeah, I was... Uh, Honesty, man, yeah, that's good. Me, uh, no, I, I think uh, just any advice in general I got when I was starting was probably bad because chances are when you're starting out, the people giving you advice don't know what they're talking about because if, if you're just starting out and they're around you, you know, they're probably just starting out too, like unless you kind of are in an environment where you're around people that are very successful. And if you are, you're very lucky and you should maybe heed that advice and you're privileged in that sense. But uh, yeah, I think kind of kind of sounds so corny, but like kind of listening to yourself you know, like kind of trusting your gut, you know, I think advice is kind of a double-edged sword because people, uh, you know, they kind of manipulate you with advice, so to speak, to work in their favor. So you gotta, you gotta filter out advice to, uh, you know what I mean? To, to take the, everything with a grain of salt, so to speak. So I would say listen to your own advice just as much as other people and kind of weed the difference. What do you got, dude? Uh, I think, my like earliest sense of like I'm gonna do this came from the advice of like my dad uh, owns his own company, so he has like a sense of just kind of in his own version leadership. You know, he has people that work for him, and um, you know, had a pretty successful business. And he, when I saw or when he saw that I was getting into music and wanted to be in a band and do whatever comes with being in a band. Um, it's, he said he always used to say something to the effect I don't I don't know the exact saying but something like there's you know son there's two types of people in this world there's the people that sit around and wait for it to happen and the people that go out there and make it happen which one are you gonna be and uh, I just I don't know I I think that kind of lit me or lit a little spark inside and uh, pushed really hard to make what happened to you know get me here on this cruise sitting next to all these amazing guys and talk to everybody here so. Uh, something in there was definitely right. Alrighty. So, I don't think we've actually had much advice given to us over our entire career, to be honest. Um, uh, which, is, which is actually kind of good. But there's something that I think through life I've realised, and especially through the band's entire career, you grow up trying to be put into someone else's footsteps the idea of like what success is from someone else has already done it before hey take this advice and you'll get to this thing that already exists if you're trying to be a musician you're not trying to be someone else you're trying to create something completely new and that means you really have to be yourself in the most pure and honest way you mean really need to have the guts to follow and foster your own identity which is a really really hard thing to do in a world where you're literally just like 
success is putting into a into a box and putting a label on something. This entire music industry is kind of no exception to that. Like you 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 put into a playlist or a song or a song title or a fucking genre or something like that. You compared to someone else constantly, you'll have a bunch of people who have been in the music industry and have worked with bands within formulas and all of those kind of things to make money and make success. But at the end of the day, what we do as musicians and what any musician does is a, is a it's emotion and it's an art form and that shit can't be replicated in a in an honest way you have to tap tap into honesty and you have to believe yourself and push yourself from that point forward um the moment the moment you compromise that and try and fit into a box is the moment you become a carbon copy of something that someone else has already done to that really perfect crystal perfection and you're just another like washed out version of that so following your own path and not being afraid to like follow no footsteps across a desert is the best advice that I fig kind of figure we've had at this point in time. And it can be fucking scary, but I mean, that's what life's supposed to be, isn't it? It's not supposed to be safe. I think uh, the best advice, I'm going back to my dad again, I was about 12, 13, I don't know. He said, you'll never be successful at life till you learn how to say no. And you don't realize like how simple things are. You can repeat it and this and that. Then you see it around where someone asks, hey, you want, you want to do this? Uh, no. And you realize, oh, blah, blah, blah. That's not a no. My dad, when he said no, he mean it. He goes, nope. And they're like, oh, why not? It's going to be good. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, you know, you should do this. And no. And he goes, I'm only going to say it one more time. You got a problem about it? We got a problem. I don't want to fight. Not because I can't fight, just don't want to. Got better things to do. But the answer is no, and that's going to change it because I know why I'm saying it. There's a damn good reason. And I realize that's one of the things, too. I've seen so many people at a moment, they didn't want to do something. They said no, but they didn't say no, you know? And being big and ugly like me, I could say no. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? And I had a little bit of advantage of that and stuff, you know? I had the same advantage, too, because I'm a nose broken nine times, my ribs broken, this and that. And the police don't like it when you say no. But that's a whole other thing. So, but you learned. You learned. But um, so that was the whole thing that there was a lot of people told me this is a great opportunity. And then with music, they say, oh, a lot of bands would love to do this. And I go... Well, I don't want to take the opportunity from them. Find one that wants to do that. And um, I think if would have said yes to a lot of things that people said were great, I either wouldn't be where I am, which is I'm not saying is great, but I got my three kids here, you know, my wife. I'm very fortunate in that sense of what I have my priorities of what is success. And my dad always said, you have to have your own definition of success. And I've read a lot of people trying to find a definition of success, and usually that is so other people will see them and think that they're doing good so they won't ask them how they're really doing because they're really not happy, you know? And that's not an excuse not to accomplish things. You should have a, a motivation in life. It's very important. You should have things that matter to you. You should have your morals. But morals are something that you have to define, not uh, mold and change according to a situation that might be too difficult and stuff. And then going on uh, the, the other side of it, the worst advice, which is kind of the same thing. Uh, one of my best friends, when I was going to do a record, found out, came over. Where I come from, your friend is someone that won't say, oh, that's too bad. That's bad luck, bro. That's bad luck. They'll say, what the fuck are you doing? And they'll really tell you what they believe is the truth. And came over and said, Mike, you, you guys are doing a record. You know, this is in the hood in Venice. 
you guys are doing a record, man. It's like, you know what you're doing ain't music. No one's going to like it. And I said, I don't care if people don't like it. I don't like people. It's like, it's, it's a win-win. And uh, um, I, I didn't have as good social skills as I do now, clearly. But um, he goes, you know, turn on the radio. And it's kind of what I was saying before. He goes, listen to that. You guys can do that. Listen, do what they're doing. And you, you have a chance, man. Most people don't get a chance, you know, in anything. You got, this is your chance. This is your way to do something. And my dad will say, it's like, why would I do something that I don't like what's being done, you know what I mean? Why would I follow a path that I don't like? And so there was no rock and roll dream or this kind of thing. For us, we were 15, 16 year old practicing in the kitchen in the hood, you know? And you know, it's kind of like, to us, it wasn't music. And a lot of people that heard it wasn't music because they're trying to get us evicted. But um, <laughs> it was one of the things where you see someone that's 45 years old playing soccer. They, they don't think they're going to be in the World Cup, but they just like it. You know what I mean? And you do something like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> you know? And you don't worry about what everyone else, else thinks or what else is. In that moment, you feel something. You go, this is fucking good. I like this shit. I feel better afterwards, you know? And so I think that's the whole thing is, is, is to sit there and go, where do you want to end up? Not where other people think you are. And that's the advice kind of what you're saying. There's a lot of times people telling you what to do. And that advice isn't in your best interest because usually they don't know you. They don't know what you feel like, what you, what, what's important to you, what your morals and substance are and stuff. So it's, advice is something that usually when people go, oh, dude, you know what you should do? And it's like, fuck, get me out of here. <laughs> kind of like people when I get the mic, they're like, get me out of here. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> uh, you know, what, what he said is the truth. So I have to go with um, worst advice is uh, basically when people, you should do this. And I'm like, you know, so like you should sound like this, so you should try to sound like that. A lot of people try to tell you what to do, but you gotta really follow your own direction. Especially, like I said, coming from hip hop, hip hop will have a bunch of trends and all oh, the sounds change, the productions change. Oh damn, we need to sound like this, or we need to sound like that to come up. So I try not to get caught up in that, and I just try to create my own lane and create my own activity. And I ended up sounding like Zach from Raid Against the Machine somehow, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that happened. And then uh, my best advice I'll say, the best advice I've heard is from, honestly, I went on tour with Hailstorm in like 2010 or 2011. And um, yeah, and Lizzie, she told me the greatest advice, she was like, yo, she said, Harold, she said, you doing your stuff? She's like, enjoy the come up. Don't worry about the end goal. Enjoy the come up. And I, that's the greatest, because like I enjoy all these things like this. And you see people at the end, you know, like the Drakes, and oh, man, they're some superstars. And you worry about this end goal, but you don't worry all these beautiful things that happen in, in between. And she said, Howard, enjoy every single moment of these things that you're doing right now that lead to that end goal. Which there really ever is no end goal, as long as you enjoy what you're doing. But yeah, that's the definition of success is enjoying all of that. Yeah. That's really good. That was, that was, that was kind of awesome, wasn't it, huh? Fuck. You done? I don't know. <laughs> Shit, I hate being last. <laughs> uh, best advice. Um, God. 
I mean, it touches on a lot of this, but just like what, like literally just fuck what anybody thinks, right? And then the worst advice is fuck what anybody thinks. <laughs> literally. <laughs> no, but it's like, it, it really is like, uh, I'm just going to sound like a broken record and I'm just going to be saying what they've said but you know it's 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 integrity and you have to stick true to who it is that you, you are in order to live in this world you have to that's like and especially as an artist you have to and it's really hard sometimes it really is to stick your ground and um a lot of people will tell you what to do and it'll sound convincing for the moment but if you go home and it feels weird if there's something that just doesn't feel right like a little little thing that's nagging at you it ain't right you know, it doesn't have to be a monumental shift where it's like, this is, you know, as we talk about it now, it seems like it's like a, a pivotal moment, but it could be just a thought, a nagging thought. And and that should be something that is like more looked at, you know, I think uh, like talking to musicians and stuff like that, like something that's a little nagging, that could be huge. So again, like if you just stick to who it is that you are, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have a problem, you know? in the end game. Yeah. Very well said. All right, I got one more question, and it has to do with uh, you guys are all from different walks of life and been doing this for different periods of time and through that period of time and making music with um, others in the band. Uh, there could be the struggle of the creative differences, but just in general conflicts of being on the road, spending time next to your brothers and sisters. <clears throat> My question to you is when those conflicts do arise, do you have a process in how you deal with it within the within the the structure of your own band, and then also how do you yourself deal with it as uh, time's been marching on? Well, em yeah, Emily, will you start so you don't well, have to be last? <laughs> 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 Hang on. Oh, well, mine's usually just PMS. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, and I've learned to just like tell everybody like. I'm gonna be a bitch for like a fucking few days, and um, <laughs> but learning that, God, TMI. I'm so sorry, but it's true. You know, there's two girls in the band, two guys. Um, but uh, I think just communication. It really is key. At the end of the day, like just even just a little bit of communication can go a long way. Um, and I've learned that that's. It just has to be done, even if it's a text and stuff like that. But we usually just kind of resolve it within, uh, sooner than later um, so it doesn't become a big thing because if you let things sit, it just becomes this huge thing in your head where it's not really, it's, it just becomes this inflated situation and then nobody, I've, I'm sure everybody's been in that position before where it just like, you start, and then it's like anxiety, all kinds of things, but if you just communicate it as soon as possible, then, you know, we're usually Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the pressure now, that was good, you, you killed that, she killed that answer, oh my God. Yeah, no, um, I'm usually the problem. <laughs> Honestly. It's me. So I, I never really. I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> I'm usually the damn problem. But um, nah, when we get on stage, and um, I, I can't really say I, uh, I had any crazy issues. I always had like cool band members and cool things like that. 
Um, I've been blessed. Like I had the homies from At the Drive-In play for me. I had Kelly Scott from Pet Failure play for me. I had Tom Capone from Quicksand play for me. I can't get mad at these people. You know, I don't care. They could do what the hell they want to do. As long as you know they playing for me, you know that's so cool. So I never really ran into no crazy issue because once it comes down to the stage and everything like that, it's like, I'm going to go hard. My mind is on that. There's other minor issues that may happen, but I leave it to my manager. <laughs> so I get to be the nice guy, they get to be the bad guy. And yeah, that's that. Squad. Um, this one's kind of difficult, because uh, if you go like to Wikipedia and look at ba and band members on Suicidal, <laughs> there's people I don't even know who it is. <laughs> They're like, who's that? They were in the, it says they were in the band. I don't know. <laughs> and like I said, I've never done no drugs in my life. I don't drink, and I don't even know who these people are. It's the best. I got to get on a tangent now. Wikipedia, people like... So when, what were you thinking when blah, blah, blah? What the fuck are you talking about? Where'd you hear this? It's in Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's some good shit. Um, don't smoke it. But um, what the hell was the question? <laughs> Conflict. How, have you, how, I, how do you deal no, with no, it? No, 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 no. I know what the question is. I'm trying to... Oh, shit. Am I talking out loud again? Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't remembered the question yet. No, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'll start at the, at the best point where, where I am right now. Um, we're very, very fortunate to be with people that honestly I like. Usually people say that a few years later, they say, oh, I'm so glad I'm with people I like. I don't like it, it's like relationships, this one's different. Oh yeah, I finally met the person. Yeah, wasn't that two, no, that was four ago. Okay, kind of thing. But um, in life, I'm very, very extremely happy with the people I'm with. It's, it's one of those ones too, like now we have Ty, he just turned 18, playing bass with us, you know, and you see uh, Trujillo, you see uh, when Robert got in the band and when Robert got in the band and uh, he was slapping the fuck out of the bass and no one did that in the music that we were doing and everyone's like, you're not supposed to do that. I go, does it sound fucking good? It's like, well, it sounds good, but you're not supposed to do that. And um, the first tour Robert did with us was with Anthrax in Europe. And afterwards, those guys came, where the fuck do you find that, dude? And it's always been one of those ones where we sat there and go, if I can tell somebody what to do, they shouldn't be in the band. And I've been very fortunate to be with a lot of people. And a lot of times people say, you, they're so young. We were young when we started, you know. Josh Freeze started playing drums with us when he was 17. He's played with everybody, Sting, uh, Guns N' Roses, everybody, you know, and played on all kinds of records. Brooks Wackerman was 14 when he started playing with Infectious Grooves, you know, on and on and stuff. Thundercat was uh, 17 when he started playing with us, you know, and um, his brothers, you know, uh, Ron, the one of the craziest drummers in the world, and on and on and on. And so it, it hasn't been a situation where we've looked and age matters, this, that, or whatever. It's like, it's all like bad and stuff. I could never do that. Even if I had their ability, I couldn't do that because I couldn't think of that. So that's one of the ones that you, it's, it's one of those ones where, to me, it should be exciting. And I think also it should be a situation where people should have uh, a, a journey that is more than just 
being on the stage. The being on that stage in that moment is why you're there. But you should also have another purpose and another thing because if you don't, you're just going to end up on the stage for the wrong reason. And so that's one of the things I've, I feel very fortunate to be around a lot of people that that I think are they're really talented and um, that could do things that I could never do. And I get to front row see on it, you know, whether it's being people on the other side when Dave Lombardo was playing with us and, you know, the people that go full circle. When I saw Slayer before they even had a record out, I go, that drummer is badass, you know, and doing different things like that. That's that's great to be in a situation like that. And then to be able to, to uh play music and then with infectious have like someone like Ozzy sing a song with us where you're 17 you know 12 years old or something you never would have thought you'd be with a Black Sabbath dude or whatever or Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols playing one of your songs and so then you get that whole situation of like you said then you end up a bus with a lot of people and 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 it's uh the connection thing it's like they talk about the six degrees of, uh, of separation but it's actually a lot less than that and stuff you know and for instance like uh my wife and stuff, she's like, she's from Australia. My kids were born in Australia. Hey. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. No. I, I was a permanent resident in Australia and stuff. But she was like so excited. She was like, oh, I, went, I went, saw them. She told you. Yeah. When uh, you played at your elementary school, right? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those ones. I go, that's fucking cool. They went back to their elementary school and played and stuff. And my son goes, have you ever played your elementary school? They won't fucking let us yeah, play. Yeah. But, but it, oh, no, they don't let us back there anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, at the time, it was really cool and stuff. And you, and you hear these stories and stuff. And so she's going, I want to talk to him and stuff. And sometimes there's people where they want to say things. And they're like, I don't want to say it. And afterwards, someone will come up and they go, my friend wanted to say this, but they thought he's doing it. Yeah. She was talking about that. So I, I appreciate that. And, so, and you, you hear the stories. You know the places I do. And you get to where you meet people from different places, you kind of understand where they're from, the situation and the, and the musical thing, and you put yourself in that position. And I think that's the thing, not to escape life, but to see that vision and then to apply it to your life, how you go forward and have that vision to do things rather than just stay in that rut and, and do things differently and stuff. So, anyhow, thank you. That was really the fuck do I she follow like, that? Yeah. Jesus. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question to, to answer, especially at this point in time. For I forgot me. what the question yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, you, you did some good shit, man. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, up until like uh, when was it? It would have it would have been about around November, I think. Uh, oh shit, it was the start of last year? Basically, we almost broke up as a band. Uh, we've been doing this for twenty years, um, and twenty years is a long time to just do anything like I just turned 40 so half my life I've been doing this like some of the guys in the band were like 16 when we started this shit and they're almost 40 years old um and our whole mentality as a band was basically like you got nothing to go home to so this is kind of, this is kind of it like it's like make the most of it and with the growing success of of Parkway um we kind of like there's a survival instinct within the music industry. Like you tour and then you record and you tour and you record and it's become more and more pressurized over the years with, with like the way that technology has pushed everything. Um, and with that survival instinct, it becomes the thing where you kind of just shut up and you survive. And we didn't, we, we were still friends, but we stopped kind of asking each other like how this, this is actually affecting you. And it turns out like we've we've gone through some like really heavy shit in our life. Like on, on tour, 
and at home, like some really heavy personal shit. And we just never felt as though there was the space because of the band that took up so much fucking space to just like, to ask your friend, like, man, are you doing okay in this situation? Like, like this is really, really heavy. It was just like, if we don't talk about it, you can keep going and the wheels won't fall off. And it doesn't work like that. If you don't, if you don't talk about it and you don't support each other, like actually really support each other rather than just help each other survive, that it fucking festers. And it like the more space that you allow in a friendship, the more like unsaid things that happen, the more that like those cracks can be filled with resentment. And that just kind of grew and grew and grew and grew for us because we never, we never talked, we never communicated and we left it 20 years to have like real conversations going all the way back to like literally high school shit. Like we've been doing this since, well, we all grew up like in a small town, you know, in a high school together and we've been doing it since then and we just didn't talk to each other about what, what this was. And when we unpacked it, it was um like, it's a big deal just to not only ask, ask your friend like, man, are you doing okay? Can I help you out? But also be able to go, to be honest enough to, to look to them and go, I'm not doing good. Like, you guys have never asked me how I'm going and I, I really would need some support. And um, it's, it's, it doesn't, like, in this, in this world, it's kind of one of those things where you're kind of not really encouraged necessarily to do that. It's like harden up and shut up. Um, so we, we literally went to, went, went to therapy for, like, the last year as a band because it was like, that shit's going to fucking kill us. Um, and... And it should, but the reality is, it, it shouldn't have come to that. But but it is kind of the conditioning that you got that you go through. Um, and we did it because we wanted to be friends. Like I, I cared about these people, and I didn't know any other way. No one ever taught me how to do it. They taught me how to do fucking algebra that I've never even used in my entire fucking life. Like they taught me the periodic table, and I've never used that shit. But like no one taught me fucking how to grow emotionally as a person and fit in and be able to support my friends when we when like our friend get cancer so yeah how to resolve conflict be honest learn the value of honesty and the value of communication and the value of support like true fucking support and true vulnerability because like being just being hard on both ends of the communication spectrum like it's just not, it's not healthy like there's being strong and then there's being hard and there's, there's, they're two very, very different things. And I think that should be encouraged that people learn what the difference is. How am I supposed to follow any of this up? I know, they cooked us, dude. Yeah. Uh, so to, I guess, highlight more like this, more specifically the conflict part, um, in the motionless camp, uh, we do this thing where whenever there's a conflict between two people or any amount of people, um, we put on leather jackets and we reach out an arm each and uh, tie our hands together. And then we uh, you know, get a broken bottle or a knife. It's, uh, it's kind of similar to the, uh, the choreography of the Beat It music video, yeah. <laughs> I hate Michael Jackson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I can't really say too much different than any of them. It's been, it's very similar to what Winston said. I think um, the only thing I can add 
as if I was in the same band as him would be like, you have, you kind of have to be willing to listen to people's feedback about how you're acting towards them. I think, uh, in all the conflicts that we've had over the years, uh, you know, I, I like, like you said, have been the problem at the center of a lot of them. And, uh, you know, being willing to admit that and look at yourself and say, what am I doing? And what, you know, if, if I'm, if five people or more are coming at me saying like, hey, this is, you know, an issue and I just am hard headed about it, we're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, it is communication. So it's all been said here, but you have to be willing to look inward and uh, decide what's what matters more is the resolution and the camaraderie of you and your band members and your brothers on the road or this personal thing within you that is too hard headed and wants to just destroy everything around you just because you are un unwilling to change yourself. So, yeah. Nice, dude. <laughs> a lot of wisdom on this stage right now. I feel <laughs> the end of the line today. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I could say that everyone up here hasn't said better, but um, uh, I think kind of, you know, when it comes to conflict, choosing the people you surround yourself with, circling back on the advice thing and having people around you that give you good advice. Um, I think that's a big part of it. And if you have people around you that maybe you don't even have conflicts in the first place, and when you do, you approach conflicts more of like as a team effort. Like the conflict is not something between you and, and the people you're working with or the people around you, but something that you and the people around you, you know, tackle together as a team. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, just, uh, I think having, like, the know-how and the self-awareness to know when you're the one, when you're the problem, like, you know, you were saying, and uh, being able to admit that to yourself and then to the people around you, it's, like, uh, kind of, it's just a big, uh, it's, like, a humbling experience, you know, I think that uh, is important that, um, you know, you can do that, and it helps solve problems quickly, and, you know, I I don't know, I really don't have much to say. These guys are... are Crushing it, everyone. Everyone up here has such good advice and so much, so much wisdom. Being in bands, like we're we're a younger band. I probably maybe this maybe the youngest band up here. So I'm just trying to listen more than I'm trying to speak right now, honestly. But, but yeah. I I guess I'm coming from it from another side because I I got to choose my band, even though it's not called like the Leo Solo Project. It's still my my choice and like the most important thing was like growing up playing in the bands i know i want to play with people who i can function live like tight together on the bus together that just meant people who can play music that's fine but like uh, i chose people specifically that i can that are on my level of calm i guess <laughs> so yeah i think that's uh, the most important like like he said, like choose your people that you want to hang with. And we also have like a girl in the band so we can talk about feelings and stuff. She's really good. <laughs> Take that stuff up. But I think it's the same. Like I noticed on Shiprock too, they'll bring back for the stowaways, they'll bring back the people that are cool, that want to talk to people. And there's no rock star tendencies going on. I hope you notice that too. Like, Everyone that's on the ship, you get that feeling. So, and that's really important. All right, guys. At this time, we wanted to take uh, questions from you all. So, if you could just have raise your hand, and, and Chad and I will try to get to you. Again, guys, we're just gonna uh, 
cover music and touring and, 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 and things uh, of that nature? I got one. So uh, you're Dylan, and you're from Wisconsin. And your, your question is for who? Uh, my question is for Chris. What's your question? Well, uh, I guess first off, actually, Chris, I'd just like to say congratulations on all the success with scoring The End of the World. Um, Thank you very much. Of course. Uh, growing up, uh, both you and Parkway were actually some of the first metalcore bands I ever listened to. Um, so being able to see uh, your band go from playing things like Warp Tour at noon slots to 20 kids to 12 years later on an entire cruise ship is truly, as a fan, incredible. Is this a question or are you just trying to see how long it takes to, for me to start crying? <laughs> I mean, I could go either way, you know. Um, but I guess my biggest... Um, question would be when you were first starting out with things like when Love Met Destruction, Creatures, uh, what kind of pulled you away from doing more of the heavy stuff and going to songs like Werewolf, Another Life? Uh, was it purely uh, influence? Had you grown out of it? Or was it just kind of something that you said, fuck it, I want to have fun? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I very vividly remember a discussion with the guys in the band in like 2012 or 2011 where, you know, up until that point, we had primarily focused on just heavier stuff you know like we we were in a what i felt like we were kind of put into a box with the bands that we were coming up with you know the bands like um i don't even need to name any it doesn't like just look look at that time period and you can pick any of the bands out and it felt like you know we we're a new band and a label that took a shot on us we wanted to try to really just do what felt like was expected of us within still within like our own decision it's not like you know they gave us the songs and we're like here play these uh we we went in we wrote songs that we felt like represented us but there was this idea that like we had to plead we had to people please a certain group of people and we couldn't extend outside of that and um we did try to write songs that ex you know showed other musical influences or, or things that we wanted to do that we eventually then you know expanded on a lot more but it definitely felt like we were just people pleasing a lot more. And then one day we just woke up and we're like, nah, fuck that. We're gonna write any type of music that we want, whether it's super heavy, thank you. Uh, whether it's super heavy or a ballad or whatever it is, whatever we write is just because we want to write it. And it's very much with this, just fuck it, let's just do it. And if it's cool, it's cool. And we just wanna have a good time with our friends and we just want to do cool shit with our friends, and that's that's the mentality. All right, we have a, a question from Audrey from uh, Georgia. Hi, so I'm a noob, but I also heard that this is the first time Shiprocks has been on Carnival Magic. So this is kind of a question for everyone, where what corner or rooms or activities have like you discovered that you're like, I like coming back here? Like, I found an arcade on the fourth floor for, like, adults. I like going there. Yeah. <laughs> I lost a bunch of money on those skill testers today. <laughs> um, oh, shit. I, I, this whole thing is a trip. Like, the entire concept of the boat in general, like, there's so much, so many places to get lost. But um, I enjoy the fact that there's a veggie burger upstairs at the... <laughs> at the deli and I've repeated I'm a repeater offender up there for anyone who's come and see me in the line with the veggie burgers I'm guessing there's a choice yeah, yeah yeah there's a, there's like a there's at least like 30 people that have a photo with a veggie burger in it at this point in time <laughs> in this so yeah 
the deli line for me. Yeah, it's a real secret. Yo, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to make this shit weird at all, but I gotta excuse myself for just a minute from this. I will be right back. Oh, the rockin'? He's gotta take a panic piss. Boom, doom, doom. Trademark. Money. How about the 24-hour pizza? Yes. 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 <laughs> That'll bring anybody back. Yes. We got it. We got a one from Tyler, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, well. Oh. Oh. My joke might not hit as hard now. <laughs> my bad. Keep going. <laughs> Anywhere I can smoke is my favorite spot. It still, it, it didn't hit with the damage I wanted, but boom, it hit. <laughs> hey guys, really appreciate all y'all do uh, for us and the crew's music injury says is. Um, but my question is, I know there's various artists, actors that. You know, you read and hear things about that they don't like to watch their movies, hear their music. I guess this is a panel question, whichever way I want to answer it. But um, do you enjoy listening to your work? Are there ones that have been your f more so favorite rather than not? I, I can't hear past your muscles. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo. Did you specifically stand under that one fucking Dude. light and pose? I was like, put here. Like, I just want to just ask you a question. Fuck. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, shirt's literally tearing off you while you're asking us a question. Yeah, what was the question? Um... <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> You're now uh, the spot that everyone enjoys coming back to. Yeah. <laughs> um, as artists, do you like to listen to your music after you create it and release for everyone to hear, or were you more so, do you listen to it over and over, making it, and that kind of kills it for you? Still killing me. I mean, <laughs> I... <laughs> Do you work out, bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can I answer that now that you've said it twice. Asked it twice. I listen to a lot, like, while we're writing. It's like, that's all I listen to. Like, it's, it's, it's a little maddening, you know? And you get very, very just everything about it, you know? Like, all the little parts and stuff like that. And then once it's done, I, I usually just set it free and I don't really listen to it after. I don't. And then when we play live, like, it'll start to change, you know, because you're not listening to it constantly. And then there comes a time, like, years down, I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't realize I sang that on the second. It's like, it really, like, so the only times that I really do listen to it is, like, <laughs> just to check, to check if I'm doing it right. But yeah. All right, we got one here from uh, Dave from Michigan. I feel like I got to flex now or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for the panel here, basically, what is a, a song that another artist has written that you wish you'd oh. made? Oh. Oh. Drop it like it's hot. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I made that bad boy. I, th I think after a long thought, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, 
Thriller from Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, anything, like, seriously, anything Nick Cave's ever written? Because uh, I, the music that hits for me is, the, is when someone can create something that, that says... says Purveys an emotion in a way that you articulates it in a way that you've never thought possible with just words that you have, and he does that a hell of a lot for me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We got Dane from Wisconsin. Yeah. All right. Um, so um, I asked my girlfriend if she had any questions, and she said she would just make sounds. Noah, I promise I have a girlfriend. Can you do it, duck? <laughs> Are we taking requests for sounds? Wow. So, <laughs> my actual question, though, um, it's for Chris. Uh, are you going to take off that beanie and show us what you've got under there? Or are you going to make us wait for a fucking TikTok reveal? It's that guy's muscles are under the beanie. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, I've been bothered on Twitter about the beanie every day since uh, we played on, what, Sunday or something? And I, uh, I replied with a video of me, um, you know, saying like, hey, everyone thinks I'm hiding something under the beanie. You are! And I, <coughs> I take it off in the video, so I encourage you to go to my Twitter, and there's a video where I will show you what's under the beanie, so... Bonus content. In case, in case you, uh, you know, want to know the ad, it's uh, at Chris Motionless. <laughs> All right. We have a question here from uh, Carolyn from uh, Seattle. Hi. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of you because this has been the most amazing experience of my life. Oh, also, you thank go. you to uh, any of the other artists that are in the room because I know not all of you are on the panel. Thank you. Um, so my question is, um, what songs... Uh, either that you've written or I know now that we've established that listening a lot while writing is too much, maybe to listen again. But what songs have you written or performed currently really resonate you with you? Like, give you all the feels. Uh, you were absent for the first. You want, you want to take this? Sure. Uh, sure, I'll rip it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just like was feeling kind of seasick, actually, yeah, which I... <laughs> yeah, we're like really fucking just, you know, and I, and I had to take a panic piss. You were right. Uh, I was napping before this, and I had a Celsius, and uh, you, know, you know what happens. Um, what was your question? <laughs> just like, what song either that you've written or another artist has written really resonates with you emotionally, gives you all the feels? Um, well, I will say, when you work on a record, almost always, I'm sure everyone here can attest to this, like, by the time it comes out, you've heard it so much, and you know it in and out, and it kind of loses that, that excitement and magic that it had when you first wrote it, and then you know when you finish it, like, no one's going to hear this for a year, maybe more, you know, if, depending on how you release music. Um, but on the last tour we did, I'm going to use this opportunity to get a little emotional, but we did a cover of a band of a close friend of mine that passed last year, Too Close to Touch. Um, the song is called Sympathy. And, uh... <laughs> me too. And um, that kind of brought that emotion back out in me, not just in, obviously, in that song, performing it live when it's not my song, but just playing the whole set. Like, it just kind of made it feel a little more powerful and intentional and, like, purposeful. 
and uh, I don't know, like just the decision to, to do a cover like that and like a tribute, I think kind of brought uh, a little more like intention back in, into me with music because I think when you do music for a long time, you get kind of jaded and you tour in a long time, you get burned a lot and shit, like you get pretty jaded. Um, and then, you know, doing something like that, it kind of just felt like nothing else really mattered, you know? Um, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shout that out and shout out Keaton Pearson, Too Close to Touch. All right. Unless anybody else got anything, we have one more question. Sean, right? You're from North Carolina, and your question is for Mike. Yeah. First of all, man, it's so much awesomeness up there on the stage right now. But I do have a question for Mike. Mike, did you ever get that Pepsi? <laughs> That's the first time you've ever been asked that, right? Yeah. That like just hit me. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I'm the other Mike. Yeah. Oh. 17 of us. <laughs> I lost the bet. That's why I'm here. Uh, it, it's funny because it's uh, a little bit different. Uh, somebody you won't know what I'm talking about. But um, there was a what's home, uh, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And, and uh, he had a show on his shit. And a uh, reality show way back. And uh, Ice, Ice, Baby. And people would say that he get very, very, very upset. I don't know why, but he get very, very, very upset. And um, so on the Pepsi thing, uh, there's been a couple times where uh, doing signings or whatever, and we just put them under the thing, and someone say, right, but just put it under the table. <laughs> and and they see the, all the ones under the table, and they feel kind of silly and stuff. <laughs> but um, so there was uh, uh, one person that brought a Pepsi, and said, we, we signed this. I said, yeah, no problem. He's like, oh. And I was like, oh, what? He goes, I, I, I thought you'd get mad. Nah. He goes, oh. And I said, you mean you were hoping I'd get mad? Well, <laughs> well you wanted me. Oh, so you thought I was going to get fucking pissed, right? No. Oh, no. Fuck you, then. What the fuck you doing that shit? You want to get me fucking pissed? I'll fuck you up, you stupid piece of shit. He's like, I'm sorry. Don't be so fucking dumb, bitch. Well, I so I told him, not a problem at all, bro. Yeah. I don't get upset. Don't know how to do it, fortunately for you. So, but what made me gonna say is why would someone do that to think it get you upset? They want you to get upset. I get upset, you know. But yeah. So I've gotten it a few times, and that's the way it is. Yeah. So bring that fucking Pepsi here. Let's see what's up, bro. I dare you, fool. That's how you answer the question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mikey, done. Yeah. Excuse me. I didn't know if you were finished yet. I was just I, meditating I, right now. Did I, I say anything? No. I had no, an I outer body experience. Sure. Please do not take away from my outer body experience. <laughs> I was watching over, and I calmly answered the question. That's all I know. All right, listen, guys, we're going to end it at that. We want to thank our esteemed panel here. Thank you so much. Leo, Noah, Chris, Winston, Mike, Hyro, and Emily. Guys, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you all being here. Enjoy the rest of the cruise. you still got about a day and a half left. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. 
Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.